Thank you for staying tuned to WRGC 88.3 FM. You're now listening to Georgia College Connections. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we continue our collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. The Times Talk is a weekly current events and ideas symposium that takes place at noon Wednesdays in the Ina Dillard Russell Library on the campus of Georgia College in downtown Milledgeville. These events are free and open to the public, so if this discussion sparks your interest, please consider coming out and joining the conversation at noon Wednesdays in the Georgia College Library. Our topic of conversation for this Times Talk asks the question, has Trump triggered greater corporate social responsibility? I'm joined in the studio by Georgia College business law professor Jahan Eljabagi. Jahan Eljabagi, welcome back to the WRGC studio. Thank you for having me. All right. So uh, we're talking about a, a historical event that's happened thus far in this young administration. Uh, but we're also talking about a larger framework of corporate social responsibility, quite possibly corporate ethics. So I thought I'd start off our conversation by asking you, what is corporate social responsibility? Some people have described corporate social responsibility. Uh, they've likened it to a pyramid, uh, the very bottom of the pyramid there's a commitment to the financial bottom line. And then on top of the financial base of the pyramid are legal obligations that fundamentally corporations also have to adhere to the law. And then on top of the legal component, you have ethical considerations. And so going beyond just having to follow the letter of the law, making decisions in regards to values and how you're affecting society. And then at the very top of the corporate social responsibility pyramid are discretionary focuses such as philanthropy. That's one way of looking at corporate social responsibility. More recently, researchers have kind of owned in or or gotten more specific, and their argument is that corporate social responsibility is a corporation's duty to address its particular costs. So for instance, if a corporation has a lot of waste, then it should seek to minimize it. If a corporation has a large carbon footprint, then it should try to make it smaller. Or if a corporation impacts society in terms of low wages or uses a supplier that has underage workers, then they need to address those particular issues in a deliberate way. And how do we see this idea of corporate social responsibility uh, manifest in the in the decisions that we as consumers make? I can just speak for myself, first of all. Uh, My students are often saying, well, you're the kind of person who these people are aiming towards because I buy organic for my children, for instance. And so I buy organic products to minimize pesticides in, for instance, vegetables or uh, to minimize the use of certain additives that's in the foods. And so I think some companies, like food companies, are seeking to reach a certain kind of consumer, or maybe they have convictions about the type of product that they want to serve their own children. And so I think some companies earnestly believe that they want to provide the certain product and consider the environmental costs and the social costs because it's something that the corporate leader at its founding really cared about. There are other companies like Interface Carpet, for instance, that's a Georgia carpet company that 
one day the corporate leader read a book about plunders of the earth and he just sort of had this epiphanal moment where he thought, I'm one of these plunderers. I'm one of these people who is causing these this waste and causing this damage to the planet. So he changed the entire process from the inputs, minimizing them, to recycling the products afterwards. And, and they have exceeded their goals for their carbon footprint and their environmental impacts. And they're one of the leaders in the industry. So sometimes it's from its founding, sometimes a corporate leader decides later. Uh, and, and sometimes it may just, from a cynical point of view, be a ploy to get more people to buy products. Mm-hmm. It will, and of course, I can't expect you to at least accurately generalize uh, about the world of business. But in general, how substantive are these efforts? Well, looking at shareholder resolutions, for instance, in the past, a lot of shareholder resolutions, when they approach the leadership, they've been approaching them about compensation. It's too high. Or approaching them about having too many insiders on the board. In the last few years, research has shown that the majority of shareholder resolutions have been in regards to environmental issues, social issues, these corporate, these things that fall within corporate social responsibility or performance. And so researchers have been looking at shareholder resolutions as a marker for how much business is being approached about these particular issues. And is there any way to talk about the success of these businesses that do aspire to a higher sense of corporate social responsibility? The research is mixed in that regard. The research shows that corporations who are very deliberate and visionary, where they have this vision for what they want, like Patagonia is one of these companies that when it started, it wanted to have a really great product for the outdoors, but they wanted to minimize their impact. And the person who founded that wanted that in the long term. And he did so, made it so that it would be in perpetuity by creating a B corporation or a benefit corporation. A benefit corporation is a legal entity that requires a corporation to incorporate social and environmental, its environmental and social bottom line into its annual reports. And so... It, it becomes a legal obligation that company has to address those particular issues. Now, Patagonia did that because the CEO knew he doesn't live forever, but the corporation does theoretically live forever. So when he goes away, that corporation will continue to have to address those particular issues. Now, Patagonia has this long-term vision in that regard, and it has been successful and financially successful secondary to those other environmental and social uh, designs. Now, companies, a lot of companies are willy-nilly about it. Oh, we're going to jump on this bandwagon or we're going to stamp a green stamp on this product. Those ones, some research have shown that when you're not deliberate about your strategy, it can actually hurt the financial bottom line. Mm-hmm. So it's been mixed. Well, We are out of time for this segment, so we're going to take a short break right now. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. We're having another in our series of collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. Today, we're talking about the Times Talk topic has Trump triggered greater corporate social responsibility? I'm joined in the studio by Georgia College business law professor Jahan El Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections.
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we're having another of our Times Talk conversations here on Georgia College Connections. Today, we are previewing the Times Talk, Has Trump Triggered Greater Corporate Social Responsibility? I'm joined in the WRGC studio by Georgia College business law professor Jahan Eljabagi, who will be facilitating that conversation uh, tomorrow at noon in the Georgia College Library. Now, the article you're using to facilitate this conversation is Inside the CEO Rebellion Against Trump's Advisory Councils. It's an inside look at the president's decision to disband his two corporate advisory councils. What do you want us to learn by digging into the timelines of these chief exodus odysseys? Well, first you said his decision to disband. The timeline shows that the CEOs particularly responded to Charlottesville uh, in a way that they, they called each other trying to figure out how they were going to, to respond. And so they wanted to leave. And I just want to stop you now. Uh, remind me again, Charlottesville, what, what happened oh, to this one? <laughs> so there was the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, which is the location of the University of Virginia. It's also a location of a statue of Robert E. Lee on a square that used to be called Lee Park that is now called Emancipation Park now, yes. And there were a group of people that got a permit to have a that Unite the Right rally. And there were counter-protesters there, and on that Saturday, there were there was violence, um, skirmishes between the groups, and a member of the Unite the Right group plowed a car into a group of counter-protesters, resulting in the death of a 32-year-old woman. And so how did this become a, a topic about corporate social responsibility. Uh, what happened as a result of this uh, that brings us into the world of business law and ethics as, as that was really kind of a, almost a, you know, a, a many faceted argument that didn't really rely in the corporate boardroom? A lot of corporations have corporate values that they'll state on in their documents and on their websites and that they'll reference in their media posts and a lot of times those values are diversity. The Paris Climate Accord, that was, I believe, in June. June 1st, 2007 is when President Trump announced that we would be leaving that particular resolution that was joined by almost every country. touched on, it wasn't just Elon Musk who left, and he was with Tesla. And when he did leave, Elon Musk is known— I don't know if your listeners, for some reason, don't know who Elon Musk I'm, is. I'm pretty sure they're right okay. in this target, target <laughs> yeah. demographic. But he's uh, the CEO of Tesla, the auto manufacturer. He also he has one of the um, space adventure companies that's delivering things. SpaceX, uh, SunPower, or also has Solar. I don't mm. know what the name of that particular company is. But he basically issued a statement saying climate change is real. I'm out of here. You know, He didn't say I'm out of here, but that's what it read like. And then the other person that left after... That particular announcement from the president was Bob Iger with Disney Corporation. He resigned after the president came out against the Paris Climate Accord on the same grounds that we here at Disney are committed to reversing or attempting to combat climate change. And we're serious about this commitment. And he resigned as well. 
I'm curious to say, uh, can you give us kind of a cost-benefit analysis of these leaders' decisions to leave these boards? Is there any kind of top-line repercussion uh, for the good or the bad on the behalf of these businesses on uh, its repercussions for the presidency? I was looking at Google Trend data when, for instance, looking at Paris climate. President Trump was not shy about in during the campaign about his beliefs or about his particular policy areas. And so all these corporate leaders knew his position in regards to climate change, probably about travel ban, also DACA, these these but issues that are coming up. None of these were surprises. No, to they're not surprises. Pay, and so there's there's two questions like one on a personal level, at what point do they feel they are complicit by associating themselves with the president. If they knew about all these things beforehand, then the, the leader of Merck, he says, I can no longer in personal conscience stay on this advisory council. Well, that was in regards to Charlottesville. The question could be, was he clear about his um, equivocation prior to the statements made in regards to Charlottesville? I think that's a question mark. Well, I think, can I argue the other side of the sure. of the conversation and say, is it not society's responsibility to try to counsel our leaders for the outcomes that we want? And if nothing else, at least by going to the table, they had a chance to make a change. Is there anything that... You know, we can look at it as a, a, a benefit of that. Obviously, it seems not to have worked in this situation. But what obligation do these corporate officers have to, uh, again, their customers, um, their employees, and, their employees and others um, to try to make the world that they want to at least advocate for with their corporate social responsibility uh, claims and, and values? Yeah. We can look at the travel ban. So the first major issue back in January 2017, the corporate response from the tech industry was really strong. You had Facebook, Airbnb, Google, Microsoft speaking strongly against that particular executive order. Now, none of those entities are on these advisory councils. So I don't know if they felt it was easier for them to speak out against it because they didn't have anything to lose because they're not sitting at the table with a president. That's a question mark to me. Or they, for some reason, have stronger convictions than the people that were sitting at the table with a president. I don't know that. There there were a few, like SpaceX, Tesla, that did make those strong statements in regards to the travel ban. So Elon Musk continued to stay on that council, but did speak out against the travel ban back in January 27th. So did organizations that might be surprising, like Coke Industries, which has... Those are the Koch brothers that have been huge supporters of conservative, but not necessarily policies. this president. Though. No, not not. A, I'm not just generally historically have funded conservative policies. So it was mostly tech industry, and a lot of these people on the council remained silent. <clears throat> now there were a lot of so citizens. There were protests at the airports. There were a lot of people riding their Congress men and women. But I don't know how much flack the, these particular corporations received in regards to the travel ban. Then you have Paris in June. And then for some reason, 
Charlottesville as a tipping point, there are probably equivalent complaints from consumers, probably equivalent complaints in terms of numbers. I, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Have but, you been able to do any research uh, to see whether the customers of these corporations have changed their consumer behavior uh, because of their decisions to join these councils and stay with them for a certain amount of time, or those who have decided that they would not be a part of these councils? And then when I say decided that they would not be a part of it, uh, the uh, invitation may not have ever been there. So here's an exciting mm-hmm. preview of my research <laughs> coming up that I'm sure everyone will read, is that I'm going to be looking at the stock impact of announcements made. So when they joined, and then when they decided to make their departure, and then look to see if it impacted the stock price of the particular organization. Or you can look at um, quarterly reports, or there's a particular sort of formula that you can look at to determine a connection between a statement and financial performance. So that's something that in the next three to six months. In the next time stop. Yes. This exciting, <laughs> scintillating talk that we'll have. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we're about out of time for this segment. Uh, so uh, one of the most striking paragraphs from this article, of course, was inside the CEO rebellion against Trump's advisory councils. Uh, for me, uh, was the organizational behavior professor saying that in America, in American history, we've never had business leaders decline national service when requested by the president. They've now turned their backs on him. What does this mean for this kind of relationship between government and private industry and for perhaps our nation going forward? The beginning of the article talks about how the corporations were his natural constituency. Uh, the corporations and the business leaders had everything to gain from a Trump presidency, and yet here there's this hemorrhaging of support on part of the corporations. And I think it just demonstrates that words matter and tone matters. And corporate leaders know that the tone they set at the top is what sets the tone throughout the entire corporation. And that if you're inspirational at the top, then you have employees who want to work for you. You have people who want to buy your product. And when they see a leader of a country that they perceive as using words that are divisive or not clear about a country's vision that they want to distance themselves from that. And um, I think as corporate leaders and citizens in our democracy, that is their right. And it's they may be making a calculated decision that their decision to distance themselves is going to have good financial impact because their employees are more likely to stay with them. Customers are more likely to continue to purchase their products because people can vote with their wallets. If they don't like what a CEO or corporation is doing, they can decide to boycott a company and they may be trying to avoid that result. Well, as I said, we're out of time in this segment, so we're going to take another opportunity for a short break. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a Times Talk edition of Georgia College Connections. Today, we're previewing the Times Talk entitled, Has Trump Triggered Greater Corporate Social Responsibility? I'm joined in the studio by Georgia College Business Law Professor Jahan Eljabagi. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections.
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, of course, we're having another in our series of collaborations with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. Please consider this your invitation to come out and join the discussion at noon each Wednesday in the Georgia College Library. Today we're previewing the conversation, Has Trump Triggered Greater Corporate Responsibility? I'm joined in the studio by Georgia College Business Law Professor Jahan Eljurbagi. We've come a long way in this conversation, and in our last segment, I thought uh, we'd depart from the past and talk about the future. Of course, this new administration, one of its hallmarks is um, you know lowering taxes and cutting onerous regulation. In that kind of climate, you know, what is the future of social responsibility of for our nation's many corporations? I think the corporate leaders who are proactive, who are visionary, the sort of transformational leaders, they're going to continue on their track of being responsible in terms of their social and environmental impact. Over 2,000 entities have signed the Low Carbon USA open letter to the president, to global leaders, to um, people who serve in Congress, demonstrating their commitment to decreasing their carbon footprint. And so those companies, that that list also includes governments and cities, um, but it includes almost 1,000 corporations. And those corporations are going to continue to be committed. And I think in the long haul, those corporations are probably going to have a greater impact on minimizing or addressing climate change than the United States government will at this point, especially since they pulled out of the Clean Power Plant, especially since they have um, withdrawn from the Paris Climate Accord. So in that way, there's lots of corporations that are filling the void, essentially, in, in terms of being uh, addressing societal issues. Now, in terms of deregulation, there's also going to be companies that are going to be able to make more grievous errors or more impacts that are negative in society due to the failure of regulation. There are going to be people who step up. There are always good people in society. There are good corporations in society. But then there are bad apples, and there are going to be those bad apples like the Ken Lays, the Jeff Skillings of the world that are going to that Enron occurred at a time of rapid deregulation. WorldCom, Olympia, these these corporate scandals all occurred in a, a window of corporate deregulation. And so it's likely to happen again. There's going to be probably massive collapses of large corporations that have runaway policies that and ultimately will cause result in a collapse. But I'd like to maybe go back to how there are all these companies that do really care about addressing certain issues like climate change. There's also another group of um, probably hundreds of corporations who have committed to dreamers. Um, So uh, President Trump has recently voiced his opposition to DACA. And which is an opportunity to uh, allow some kind of legal status to children who were brought here as minors uh, from other countries. Right. Children who they didn't just walk over the border voluntarily. They were brought by their parents and then grew up here. And so they get certain um, status, certain rights um, in this country. Corporations stated their commitment to dreamers. Um, there have been corporations like Lyft that are giving money to the ACLU. There are companies like Starbucks that have committed to hire 10,000 
refugees in response to the travel ban. There are companies issuing memos of support and how to help, like even the Cleveland Clinic, um, Tony Cosgrove, who's the CEO there, he has voiced not supporting of changes in healthcare as stated now. Um, that's Cleveland Clinic is a giant kind of hospital conglomerate. And also he had doctors that were impacted by the travel ban. And so he was trying to help people address those issues. So some of these good corporate leaders, some of these corporations, really voids are occurring now due to deregulation. And these companies are filling the voids in a lot of ways and are sending money to places that will maybe be on the opposition to some of these issues that people disagree with. And we as citizens, as residents, what can we do to forward, I guess, corporate responsibility uh, from our end of things in these times? And um... if you're a shareholder, you can get a group of you can advocate and uh, directly try to communicate with corporate leadership and board members in regards to the particular issues, saying, I, I want you to focus more on these environmental issues or these social is issues. If that doesn't work, if that informal dialogue doesn't work, then you can file a shareholder resolution with the particular corporation to try to affect that change. And if a majority of shareholders have that common interest, then it can uh, force the corporation leadership's hand in terms of those particular issues. So if you're if you're invested in or a shareholder, and that is an, an avenue that's um, open to you. And there's always the, the power of the pen or the power of the voice. Corporations don't like bad press. They don't like uh, people saying negative things about them. And if uh, people are passing along certain information about a corporation on social media or on wider platforms, then that may impact their behavior as well, their choices. Mm -hmm. Now, it's time now for our perennial last Times Talk question. What do you hope your audience gains from the conversation in the Times Talk tomorrow? I want students to be able to have an opportunity to look at these corporations that they're very familiar with. You've got a lot of the tech companies that responded in regards to the travel ban. And then you have these a wide variety of corporate leadership that were on these councils. And I want them to look at their decision-making a lot of my students are business students, and I want them as business leaders to make really good decisions. And the way you learn is from looking at other people's examples. And so I want students to be able to look at the examples of these CEOs, those who remained silent, those who spoke out, when they spoke out, and hopefully be able to take some uh, or gain some sort of lesson from looking at those examples. Mm-hmm. Well, Jahan El Jirbagi, I want to thank you very much for bringing this conversation to our radio audience uh, through this Times Talk conversation. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we celebrated another in our series of collaboration with the American Democracy Project at Georgia College to bring their Times Talk conversations to our radio audience. I do, again, want to invite you out to the Times Talk, which takes place at noon each Wednesday in the Georgia College Library. This Wednesday, we'll be asking the question, has Trump triggered greater corporate social responsibility? Today, 